Good morning. This is Coffee with the Sarlos, and I'm Karen. Good morning. I'm Kelly, and today we have a special guest on the show. This is going back quite a few podcasts now. Uh, we did a, a show on growth mindset where Karen went into FJ McGilligot School to talk about growth mindset with the students, and she was invited in by a wonderful staff, one of which is here today, Miss Kate Shields. Welcome. Thank you so much. Kate, um, I've read the book Mindset since the day that you invited me to speak at the school by Carol Dweck. And it's an absolutely well-written book in the sense that teachers can read it, administrators can, parents can, and students can. And everybody is encouraged to read it to get on the same page. So I'm assuming that as a teacher in a high school in a small Northern Ontario community, that it would benefit if everybody picked up a copy of that and tried to be on the same page. Would you agree? For sure. It was a goal maybe four years ago when a superintendent um, got us on the idea of growth mindset. So she definitely recommended the novel. We read it, uh, but we are going back four years now. So it was just something for our own school. Every school has to do something called a school improvement plan. Every year we set goals. So we usually set goals for literacy and math and things you would assume. But there's also a column for something called community and culture. So every school has to find something in their school that they believe needs to be improved in the culture of the school. So for a long time, a lot of schools picked bullying. So you can, which probably like, oh, that's why anti-bullying has been around with so much intensity for so long. And then in our small school... We felt like we had done enough with that and we were searching for something else to try and improve within our community and culture. And that small town has such a small mindset uh, and we kept talking about it, but we, we didn't know what to call it. And that's when that superintendent, who had also been a principal of our elementary school and our feeder school, so knew our kids really well, she's the one who said, like, I just read this book. I think what you want to focus on is growth mindset. And that's what set us on that path. Okay, well, let's help people understand what you just said. Mm-hmm. That, because I think you know you can be from a small community, and and think that every small community has a small mindset mm-hmm. or a very fixed one. Right. But I think it can be anywhere in the world, no matter how big it is, because it's basically whether you educate yourself, whether you look for growth, whether you look for problem solving and a toolkit for emotional intelligence or whether you believe one thing because that's the status quo and you get stuck. So I I guess to some degree, it's fair to say when you have a growth mindset that you're a person who doesn't get stuck, but that when you're in a fixed mindset, that's a common term, meaning that you may have anxiety with it or that you could have depression with it or feel very lost. So is that... Are those three good terms to say kind of go with a fixed one? For sure. Yeah, that's part of the whole philosophy of it. So just because we really needed it for our Northern Ontario small school doesn't mean like a big Southern Ontario school couldn't take it on as well for their community culture and caring. Like if that's what the goal that they wanted to try and strive towards, like they really believe, no, our kids are really fixed on like, no, I did this or my family, my parent has always done this. So therefore I'm going to do this like a they're just, I don't want to try that anymore. I can't do this, that kind of thing. Um, it's important for everyone. Would you say in a small community like that, that there's also a fixed mindset of I can never get out? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that this is where I am and this is what I'm going to do. I was told to do this and 
everyone else in my family does this for sure. So then you would get people who grow up with their parents in a particular job or industry, and the children might think that they have to follow the parents' footsteps. Is that what you mean? Yeah, for sure. That, that's definitely part of our culture, in any culture, really, that, you know, the part of the community, you do what others have done, and it's hard to think outside of that box and be accepted within your family as well of doing something outside the box, trying something new. Um, and in the 21st century, so many of these jobs are not going to be there anymore. Like what your parents did, it, that job's not going to exist. So for those kids to start thinking, oh, long term here, what am I going to do? How many different jobs am I going to have? No longer will you have that one job, 40 years, get the pension, retire. <laughs> That's not, you know, the life plan for all of these kids anymore. I am blown away. Mm-hmm. I am totally blown away, Kate, sitting here because I'm in my 50s. Mm-hmm. And so you're seeing with Kelly and I, Kelly's 30. So you're seeing two people in different generations where we see school systems, like from my age, where you're banging on about how we just thought we were going to have one job and retire mm-hmm. and have everything taken care of for us for the rest of our lives. But in reality, Kate, our generation isn't getting it either. No, you're at the tail end. So it's, yeah, the baby yeah. boomers are like, hmm, maybe it won't be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the people like in our in our 50s compared to those in the 60s, who, if you're in your 60s and listening to this, you probably got your pension and benefits. Yeah. (laughs) And the people in the 50s who are just bringing in that last era Mm -hmm. that you're talking about, we're not seeing it. Mm -hmm. We're we're getting laid off. We're we're losing our stability Mm -hmm. in, in what we thought we were going to have. And so many people in their 50s are now having to get right back out, retire and go right back to work again. Mm-hmm. and think that we have to work into our 70s and 80s. So you're talking about that at this age, you guys are preparing for these students in high school, and you're saying right back with this principal mm-hmm. and, and superintendent that they're looking at re-educating people and revising it right down to the elementary level. Yeah, what what do you want to do first? Because you're going to do lots of jobs. <laughs> so what's going to be your first uh, goal? And that, especially the high school kids I deal with too, that like you've got to pick something, <laughs> but that's not going to be your end. You, you've got a long time before your end. Uh, so what are you just going to do next year? What's your next goal? Well, that's going to reduce anxiety. Mm-hmm. It does for some of the kids, um, but there's so much pressure from other parents and other outside and community, like, you know, like you got to pick a career and you know, it's the rest of community and that has to like catch up with us. <laughs> so you mean that there are still people, I'll say in the 60 year, 50 year age bracket mm-hmm. that have those fixed mindsets that we still have to tell our grandchildren that they have to go to university and go to college. Mm-hmm. So I'm very curious. And like right away, like when the day you graduate, like what's your program? So do you mean now that the guidance counselors and the teachers are starting to see that that isn't the only path anymore? For sure. And then multiple paths, right? Like you could take dual credit now, which is great. So you get high school credits and college credits at the same time. So you get to experiment with uh, with college. And then maybe that's not going to be your path. Or maybe you need to take a year off. A lot. When we got rid of the OEC year, it really just became another year to come back and do co-op or do dual credit or explore some other options and pathways. And then a lot more amalgamating with colleges and universities. So you could go to nursing at Canada or take those credits and transfer them to Nipissing. 
as well. So there's a lot more of that, like, oh, if you take this and you take that, or should you work first, get some money, and then try a program? Sounds like the systems are talking to each other now. Uh, a lot more, and it could get better, of course, but uh, more than it was certainly even when I went through, and I went through in 2000. Um, there was very few programs you could transfer those credits over. Now there's a lot more of that. And it's amazing to me how much of the public that don't know this part, uh, who haven't been in the schools, even talking to parents that like, oh, once they pick essential, that's it. There's no other, like, they're just going to work at Tim Hortons. There's no other path for them. But, oh, no, there's lots of things they could still do. Well, I guess, too, Kate, that speaks to the fact that there are a lot of people that are in their 40s and 50s and still have kids Mm -hmm. that are coming up into this educational system and into these types of high schools now because more and more older people are still having children later in their lives. Yeah, for sure. So you're having to change their mindsets as well. Yes, of what, what are the options that are out there? What, and what's the first thing, is always what I say too, like you're going to do lots of things. I personally do lots of things too, and you've probably had lots of different jobs in your years too. Like it might not be your full time, but for everyone's done something even on the side. I've had over 20 jobs. Wow. I've had over five careers. Mm-hmm. So I'm a perfect person to talk to about that mm-hmm. fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. I had to change mine very, very early. Because I started in a career that really wasn't going to support me financially. Mm. And that was office administration. So anybody that goes into a career like that, very few people can actually care for themselves financially. Mm -hmm. And so you really do have to come out of that if you're going to be financially independent to be able to go into other things or supplement with other things. But like you're saying, people have to regardless now. Mm -hmm. And the supplement part is huge, too. So there's so many people that are, you know, may, maybe you're making cakes on the weekend on the side, or I personally design flowers. Like, you know, anybody who does those things, that supplement stuff is huge now. So much social media, people selling clothes online or whatever it is. Like, there's lots of those options out there that I think more than before, I feel like it's... So with the change of going from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset... Did you find within your own particular school that it was a challenge amongst the staff themselves? Uh, no, not the, the staffs grabbed onto it pretty quickly. Uh, we were really ready to go for this, um, which speaks to the staff too, really out there gets along. I, I've traveled around the whole board actually in a whole other job I had, but this staff particularly, same kind of age group, same kind of mindset uh, as well. And they really saw this as a need and really went with it. So there was really no struggle with that part. When you talk about children's futures changing in the way that they step out into the workforce and into post-secondary education, does it make the staff or teachers in general reevaluate what content is relevant anymore? Yeah, we still have to adhere to the curriculum. I mean, the Ontario government still tells us what to teach, but there are ways that we can take that curriculum document and and make it our own, which is, I think, really the blessing of being in Ontario, because we, we have that liberty as teachers, that they trust our professional judgment. So even in our own school, we've come up with a course code that's called Universal Skills. So it's a bit of amalgamating of some different courses. But we go into, like, they even did laundry the last time they did it. <laughs> you know, they did so, some basic cooking skills, but they did their taxes. Uh, they changed tires and oil changes. Like, it was truly like a, it was every week they did something truly different (laughs) but that was hard to do you know if you if you actually ask the ministry could you write me a curriculum document with all those things in it 
that would take a long time. So you have to have teachers who are willing to bend that document into a thousand different pieces and ways and staff who are willing to take it on. It was co-taught, which was lovely too. So we had a male and female teacher do it. Uh, and all our seniors pretty much took it, our grade nines and 10, or yeah, our grade 11, 12 took it. I'm like eight years out of post-secondary and I'd still take that course. Yeah, yeah we, some of the teachers wanted to sit in sometimes actually on some of the stuff they had coming in. It sounds to me like you're teaching emotional intelligence to these children too. Yeah, we, we do struggle with that as well in our small school. We have one CDC worker, and sadly, they only give it to us like half a day. So that is someone who is a trained counselor who's supposed to be there for the kids to help the kids, but so many cutbacks in that area, which is deeply sad. Like, we can't guarantee that that one kid's having an emotional day every Wednesday at noon like <laughs> for this person to come to help with. So as teachers, like, we have had to take on a little bit of that role, even though it, it shouldn't be our place. There should still be a little bit of a professional line, um, but certainly they're, they're all our students, especially in a small school, so we care for them deeply. I think teachers should teach emotional intelligence. I think every single one of you should. Yeah, we, we all do it in our own little caring kind of way, but as far as that, that line still of, you know, are we allowed to hug kids? No, but have I? Sure. <laughs> you know, like, there's that line in it too so and certainly in our sex ed classes and our you know phys ed classes they talk about healthy relationships and and that part too and anxiety that's still all part of the curriculum and every grade nine has to take that class but I feel like those that emotional stuff really comes out when they're older when they're maybe in grade 12 or like you know they're starting to like their emotions change so much over those four years um, that it would be great if there was something developed for those senior years and not just those grade nine Kate, I'm not certain if it's fair to ask this kind of question because you have no control over the answer. It, it, Let's it's, try. Yeah, it has to do with the testing. So we're talking about the fact that as a school, you have to follow what the province is dictating. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question really should be directed towards a province. Um, but you're my representative, so if you can answer it, that would be great. But the question has to do with, has testing changed then? as the mindset changes. Um, and I can give you a couple of examples of what I mean. Sure, like, because do you mean like the big uh, literacy tests and the EQAO testing, or do you mean like our, my day-to-day tests? I, I would put both of those at you. And okay, because they're both t- different answers. <laughs> totally, and I'm, I would imagine that the EQAO has to be the same for every school, or it's supposed to be. Yeah. But I would imagine that how schools test on a day-to-day basis may be different, but I don't know that. So I'll... I'll throw both of those questions at you. Sure. So the, the first one's easier for our literacy tests and our EQAO math tests. Those are extremely scripted and everything comes in a bin and everything's labeled and there's like extreme lists. And actually, if the teacher in charge or the principal breaks any of the rules about like what that student is allowed, they can actually get reprimanded and have their license taken away. So it's very serious if you don't adhere to the test. So if that kid is not allowed to have it read to them, have questions read to them, is not allowed to scribe, and you happen to do it that day, like, it's that kind of serious. So we follow whatever is to the letter. So kids who have those kinds of special diagnosis, who need a scribe or need things, it's written something called an IEP, an individual education plan, that they're allowed to have those things. And as long as it's written in that plan, that the province will allow it for the special testing day. So what what happens on that day is true to the letter, which becomes like... In our school of a hundred and of a hundred, we have about a hundred high school kids. Fifty of them have IEPs, 
So half the school. So you can imagine on any given day if we had a test and every and half of the 50 of them need scribes. There are not 50 people in my building, <laughs> adults, who can go and handwrite a test with those kids. Like that's, it's an unrealistic goal. So even on that literacy test day, we have to bring in extra volunteers, extra people. We bring in supply teachers who are just there to scribe. Like it becomes huge uh, that day. Uh, so it's not something we can always offer on a daily basis. So it depends on what what that student needs and what's best for that kids and then experimenting with the kids too. We just had some success with another kid who we were trying to scribe and it wasn't working well. So then we went to recording his answers of vocal and now that's going well. So depending on that kid of what, what's happening, when we feel like as a professional, I know you know more about this. You need to tell me, you need to figure this out. Like we need to, you need to show me. And there's varying levels we can do that. It doesn't always have to be exactly the same tests everybody else has so certainly that has come a huge huge long way uh, with IEPs over the years for sure. The reason I bring it up is because I think it's interesting that an educational system wants to embrace a growth mindset in the students but the administration in the province has to embrace it first. Yeah for sure of changing and that takes a lot of time I mean we've been doing growth mindset in our school for four years and we're just starting to see kids now who start to believe in themselves or start to think like, hey, I do have some pretty hidden weird skills. I didn't know I could decorate cupcakes or whatever it was uh, that we showed them that day. So to bring that kind of growth mindset into a larger community like that is going to take take time for sure. Well, and it sounds like it's still going to take a heck of a lot of time for a province at a bigger level, mm-hmm. at, the, at the government level, to embrace the same thing that they're asking you to do on a day-to-day basis. Right. And it's costly, too. So if they want to rewrite every single one of those curriculum documents, the last time they did that, I believe, was in 2000. Like 1998 was maybe the Harris years and the strike and all that jazz. And then they rewrote everything in 2000. Like it was a big, ta-da, that was a big deal. So now it's 2018. It's been 20 years. Like, is it time to throw it all out again and try again? Like, maybe it is, maybe it's not. Well, I guess if you're in a growth mindset, the answer is yes, isn't it? Right. Like start relooking at those, those documents and what are we teaching the kids? Is it time to switch it up? And not individually, they each get revised every few years, but that doesn't mean like the whole thing gets thrown out the window and like, okay, how many credits do we want kids to graduate with? Is four Englishes too much? Like, how many phys eds should kids take? Like really throwing it out, like really revamping that whole stuff. That hasn't been done since about 2000. So maybe it's time. Maybe we're almost there. Maybe this new government will, whoever the new government will be (laughs) come June 7th. So the day that I was invited to your school for the growth mindset day, I noticed that you had a variety of speakers um, where the kids and the teachers were going from room to room Mm -hmm. during the day. And I noticed the energy in the school was just crazy wonderful that (laughs) day. I don't know if it's like that every single day, but it was magnificent when I got there. It's definitely on a higher level for sure on a fun day. Generally, we have a very positive building though. Like the energy in the building always going in is great. But on a day like that, when they know they're not going to have regular classes and they're going to get to explore something fun. uh, And like I said, this has been my fourth. So there's kids who know, which is also curious because... uh, like the older students knew it was coming, even though we try and hide the day and they're not supposed to know. But as soon as I put up that it's a dress down, that they're supposed to wear like yoga pants or comfy clothes, they're like, oh my goodness, this is going to be growth day, mindset day. Uh, whereas other fun days like that, kids will skip class, especially seniors, right? They're like, eh, I'm, just, I'm not going to do 
whatever that that fun activity is that day so interesting that the seniors want to stick around for that day we have a high attendance and attendance for throughout the day they stay right till the end like they could really disappear during lunch honestly because we don't take attendance that day necessarily uh the staff know who who they're supposed to have in their group and all that but it's not a day you go and chase the kids down because they missed but uh it's great to see that they willingly want to come back and they even like willingly went to certain groups because yours was bigger than it was supposed to be in the afternoon so by the afternoon there was more people wanted to go to it and you were comfortable with it enough in the room and as staff we knew they were there and they wanted to be there in a respectful way like they had chosen to come to you or they had chosen to go to another session so we also tend to not kick kids out by that point there's always that open session at the last hour of the day but when they start to willingly want to go to things because they want to it's, it's always more interesting to us Kate, I was freaked out when that occurred because <laughs> I'm so used to being um, kicked out of the schools. Right, yeah. I'm so used to being asked to leave. So when a couple of kids came into the classroom and the bell rang and the door closed, I thought it, I thought I had about six kids and that was it. Mm-hmm. Kate, when she came home at the end of the day, I asked her how her day went and she went, oh, and that's all she said. And I went, oh, did you get kicked out again? Yeah. So when the door opened back up again and the teacher said, oh, we have a problem out here. I I picked up my purse to leave. I I thought I'm it's time for me to go. She's saying you have we have a problem. You got to get out. Mm -hmm. They found out you're here. Yeah, basically. (laughs) So now it's time to go. Mm -hmm. But when all of the students and so many teachers and EAs walked into that room Mm -hmm. and it was just literally people all the way around the outside sitting mm-hmm. on the tables on the every mm-hmm. chair was taken and and I remembered saying to the group you have two choices you can ask or I can channel for you mm-hmm. or you can ask me questions and they made the choice mm-hmm. to ask the questions oh that's nice too because we we warned them about channeling you know you don't know who's going to come forward for yourself so think about that so I'm glad that they chose questions and I'm glad that you had a positive energy like they didn't come in there like a mob ready to attack you like they came with honest questions which is great because being <laughs> what you do you would have felt like a negativity in the room if they were coming with like their pitchforks or what you will you know well we yeah. call that personal sessions <laughs> right yeah <laughs> you know and <laughs> Kelly is laughing but it's true yeah because we do mm-hmm. have we say to, to each other you know, all during the day, I hope this client is kind to you. Mm -hmm. Because a a great number of clients come to see us and they don't have kindness in their heart. Mm -hmm. They have TV, I refer to it as the TV, or the video game or the the uh, Hollywood mentality. Mm -hmm. And they're coming in to attack it or to test it. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean in a kind way in a a very mean way. But this group of staff and students really did have at their core questions of curiosity, which I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. They had questions based on some of their own experiences where, um, can you explain this? So they were looking for education. And validation or something, right? Yes, and some of them approached privately Mm. at the end of the day when it was over. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, and said, did you know I was referring to me in Mm. that question? Did you know I was talking about my experience? Mm. And I said, yes. But the answer was to be general f- so that nobody would have caught on to that. Right. To, to respect their privacy and to respect their process of learning and growing. Mm-hmm. Sure. I particularly liked the exchange 
that I think in that last session you yeah that I was in that was amazing to me and even outside of that you didn't you didn't know those two students in their regular conversation so that that raised it to a new bar to me I was like wow they just they had a total adult conversation in front of everybody like nobody else got anything out of the day I just got something (laughs) to watch those kids how to experience growth mindset like in the moment like whether or not whatever the topic was it didn't matter what session it happened in really it was it was lovely that it was in yours but to have that interaction was great well the young gentleman was asking a question mm-hmm. and he was trying to figure something out mm-hmm. in a nice honest yes polite way to oh he was mm-hmm. he was really you could see the wheels just spinning for him to try mm-hmm. and figure something out and a female student i would think he she's older than him a little bit or no no same age oh okay mm-hmm. She sat and replied and mm-hmm. gave him the most beautiful, accurate answers based on her own experience. Mm-hmm. And also in such a respectful, beautiful way, too. And, and for and they're both grade 10s. Like, they're young. I'll, I'll validate that, too. Like, for two, like, under 16-year-olds to have had that much of a grown-up conversation uh, was pretty amazing. So it speaks to the day, too, of, like, they were both willing to accept something at the end of the day and, you know, agree. Not they didn't agree to disagree because I think she convinced him in the end so I think they both agreed I think she helped him come to an understanding mm-hmm. and I, when you come to an understanding then you can agree or you can at least respect the other person if there is a disagreement mm-hmm. or you can be open to thinking about something else mm-hmm. But you both can't do that unless you have growth mindset, unless you have an open mind. So the fact that they both were able to get there, um, especially with the one student, usually pretty fixed. And the, the girl, she can go either way, but it was, it was lovely to see both of them collide and have a, an open mindset moment that they were ready. On another day, something like that could become confrontation. It would, yeah. And, and both of these students are known to, to confront. Well, isn't that lovely then mm-hmm. to give them all of those tools during that day because I remember in every single one of the sessions Kate I always would answer a question and then after I answered I would say to every single person no matter if they were a teacher a staff member because I don't know everybody that was there but Mm -hmm. um, or a student I would say and did I answer your question Mm -hmm. and they had an opportunity to assess that Mm -hmm. were my needs being met when I was when she answered me and, and that's very important when we're talking about intuitiveness mm-hmm. and emotional intelligence, which are two of the things that have to be taught together. Mm-hmm. You can't separate your intuitiveness from your emotional intelligence or your IQ. Mm-hmm. You have to put all of those three things together. But gloriously, you don't always need to have your physical body present. Mm. You you can be in any kind of a physical state, a wheelchair um, you can have um, a disability with the body, mm-hmm. but still have all of these other experiences and share them. Mm-hmm. Your school gave them that opportunity to mm-hmm. do that. And I think they would have experienced maybe last year's or the year before's. So even just after two years that they were open on that day, they were willing to stay for the full day, participate in it, everything fully uh, is wonderful. And I think really 
is why that day is becoming so successful at the school. So I hope it gets to continue for it as well. Luckily, I'm funded. I have to apply for it every year through student success funding. Um, but I think it makes students more successful. We always see an increase in our classrooms of kids participating right after that. We see them wanting to be more engaged or trying something new. Often teachers will plan something <laughs> right after it as well to try and get them engaged. We happen to have had our carnival that same week as well that has been going on a downward slide of more kids kind of skipping the day not participating and we saw an upward turn this year of it that more kids wanted to come to school and try our events and try something new try something fun and have an open mind to even just being part of the community and culture like getting to know the other students in the school like I said that boy and girl don't normally react or or contact each other the fact that they had a conversation even in a small school, you think of 100 kids, they talk to each other all the time, but there's still that small little cliqueiness of, you know, this grade doesn't talk to that grade or, or what have you. So that part I also enjoy about the day, we purposely mix up the grades. So in every session you had, you would have had grade sevens to grade 12 there together. We try and give them at least one buddy, but we do like to see that they will try and, you know, merge as a community because that's our goal is with community culture and caring, that we want the whole community of the school to kind of participate on this together so we've had mixed reactions about this whether or not we should keep all the little kids the seven and eights together or whether or not we should keep. but I kind of I like the idea that those older kids are being a bit of a mentor to those grade sevens or sometimes they see a grade seven taking a risk when their mind is usually more fixed by the time they're in grade 12 right and they're like oh well that kid's trying it I'm gonna do it too <laughs> like you know they just they want sometimes we don't do things silly like that until a little kid does it eh? it's so funny <laughs> Well, then they're seeing, too, that their teachers are trying it. Yeah, that's a big part of the day, too. The, the teachers are a buy-in, and they want. And some of them request certain things that they want to be. One, one teacher really wanted to be in the ukulele sessions all day because she just really wanted to learn how to play the ukulele. But others really enjoy going around to all the different stations and being part of that. So that, that part's also great. So, Kate, at the beginning, you know, back four years ago when you first started, how did you get your guest speakers? Uh, so the initial plan came uh, in a meeting that we would get previous alumni who attended the school and are now doing different things in their different careers. Uh, and we really wanted them to come back and share that. So we did have some interesting people like an app designer in California. So we actually did like a Skype with him and he answered questions like every kid's dream job to make video games he actually does it <laughs> in California then we had uh, actually an Olympian who did horse jumping came which was really interesting somebody who does radio broadcasting a comedian who's been very successful and done different things it was a great day of just even bringing back Mattawa people uh, so that they could see that you can go beyond Mattawa and do something because that was our first real like about the community and Northern Ontario-ness and stuck here and that kind of bit. We really wanted to emphasize that that year. Um, and it was a great success. We didn't have any funding, but the alum alumni were so great to come and volunteer their time for the day. The students really enjoyed it because some of them knew them personally too or related to them in some kind of way because it's a small town. And based off of that success every year, I've applied for the student success funding to get a little bit more and a little bit more money so I can invite other people in because and really I just wanted to keep changing it so that because we do have the same kids every year. I don't want them to go through the same workshop. They've got to also try something new is the whole point of the day of keeping an open mind like you've never done this before so try it and they've been great about that so and that's been a hunt so usually once I do get approved for the funding somewhere in September October I start hunting for new people to come and present to the school 
and they've been great about that so gracious most people respond right away uh you i remember you've responded pretty much that day <laughs> i think you might have been the first one i locked in for this year's it was pretty exciting and we always as a staff have a big brainstorm about different things we think the kids might be interested in to come and do we usually one year we did quite athleticness as well so we had archery in like it was um but the blow up kind not the actual arrows we did dodgeball stuff and then we did hungry hippo stuff so it was quite physical so some years we we emphasize that other years we and we try and keep a mix to something that they can do in a classroom something that they're up and moving it's always been a key too to keep them around 40 minutes or so we feel it's a good length of time and then the kids move on we feed the kids during the day so we always ask for some extra funding for that too to get some kind of food to the kids uh, so it's been a great experience of just even finding people in our community like in the North Bay area there are lots uh, of ideas and lots of people who are willing to come and share and talk in the schools. Kate before all of this happened did you feel an itch within yourself? Uh, personally yes because I, I didn't feel the anti-bullying was really necessary in our school uh, so I did feel an itch like when they kept talking about community culture and caring because I'd been in the school system for a while I was like there's gotta be something else in our schools that are really more important and a little bit more educational base to bring up bring up some value of kids and themselves and in our community in general like as kids graduate into our real community of people yeah I did really have an itch of like no there's got to be something else out there that we could so that conversation with that superintendent slash principal from previous years was really that catalyst that I needed I was like that's the thing that's what we've been looking for of working on I like this and I asked the question because I think Every good thing starts with an idea mm-hmm. or a desire, at mm-hmm. least. And then the idea comes from that. And to have you and the superintendent align with each other to then be able to move forward and create momentum, for not just for yourself now, but for the students, that's what we need in the whole world. Mm-hmm. We need the thinkers. We need the people who are itchy for more. Where you ask the question, there has to be something more. Yeah, there, there has to be something more important to work on. What do you feel is the most important thing to, to work on? And and it did come around this conversation of, of kids not feeling like they can graduate, they can't do anything past, like, because I, I deal with most of the, I don't deal with the academic kids often, so I have the essential applied level learners who are usually struggling with what am I going to do with the rest of my life question. So, yeah, definitely that was always in the back of my mind. So this has been a great journey for me to, to help those kids discover, no, you got crazy skills. They just might not be those book smart skills that you know, only 10% have and are going to go on to university. You've got other things going for you. So it's been great to really emphasize that on days like this. Mm -hmm. I think it brings a big opportunity for people to see a variety of kinds of purposes. Mm -hmm. A purpose, not just for your life, but purpose in general to what are you doing on this planet? And what do you want to do? Like, what joy can you bring to people? Because they love even the ukulele player brought so many smiles and laughs, you know, to bring that kind of joy is great. And it's just a silly little skill that someone has, right? Well, they're making money off of it, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, music lessons are great. Yeah, very cool. I, and I, I ask you these questions because I want listeners to think about them themselves. Because if you're one person thinking, could there be something more to this? Do listeners then go into their workspace, back into their family life, back into, you know, their, their team sport and say, hey, guys, what else is missing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, are, what is your group missing? What do they strive for what are they what are they fixed on what is their fixed mindset like we only have this going for us Mm -hmm. well and that's what we want to leave listeners with today so thank you just for articulating everything about that day everything about how it came together great thanks kate thank you 
I understand from what you've said that I, I, I won't be invited back. <laughs> oh, no, probably. You probably will. <laughs> In seven years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you do. You're, you're, you're saying that you want to give people more and more opportunity all yeah. the time, mm-hmm. which is what Kelly and I really want people to get out of listening to the podcast shows, is that in, really all parts of us have to continue to grow mm-hmm, for and sure. that our intellect isn't one part. And it sounds like you value that part in your school system, mm-hmm. but that you're trying to say intellect looks different now. Mm-hmm. It does. It's changing for sure. That's good. You can certainly come back to another class, but maybe not that day. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Right. I hope I can. Mm-hmm. Well, Kate, thank you very much. No problem. Thank you. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have an exceptional Saturday.